This is your week in gaming, episode 22, recorded for the 22nd of September 2023, to bring you the latest news from the world of gaming. On today's episode of the podcast, we talk Final Fantasy Rebirth, dodgy epic games, Bethesda remakes, and a Comic Con Apple. Hello everybody and welcome back to episode 22 of your week in gaming. I had to think about the number for a little bit, but uh, also really, really cool thing. Happy Comic-Con Day to those in South Africa and that are attending Comic-Con. I'm joined by one of them said attendees, Samantha. Hey, by the time this episode goes live, I will be outside waiting in line to get into Comic-Con. So that's exciting. (laughs) And hopefully some of you will be too. In fact, if you're listening to this right now while in line at Comic-Con, you made the right choice. Yeah. And uh, if you do see Samantha, go say hi. She doesn't bite, I think. Listen, guys, I have RBF, okay? This is a fact. (laughs) But I'm really friendly. So if you come and say hi, I will not, you know, everything will be Gucci. I'll be super happy to see you. So come say hi. Yeah. But uh, yeah, don't, don't get turned away by the RBF that she does have. It's just, it's just her thing. <laughs> All right. There's a lot of news that we've got. There's some uh, good mentions that we have down at the end. And uh, we've got a bit of a rant at the end as well. But uh, <laughs> let's get right into it. Gaming News Now on Final Fantasy VII Rebirth will offer almost 100 hours of fresh content, uh, reports Game Rant. The team over at Square Enix were very proud to reveal many things uh, to watch out for in the upcoming sequel to Final Fantasy VII Remake. During the PlayStation State of Play, they revealed the release date for this game, which is the 29th of February 2024, in case you didn't know. It's also a leap year next year, in case you didn't know that. Um, As well as a lot of new characters and features that will come with the... uh, that will be present within the other game. Basically, you'll have even more games to play. And Final Fantasy VII is probably one of the best RPGs ever made, ever of all time. So a remake and some more content, probably count me in. So I know I said last week that like if you're broke, you can't make bad financial decisions. Turns out that is not true. Um, (laughs) I did, in fact, spend money on the Steam sale. And one of the games that I sunk some cash into was Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, uh, which I haven't had a chance to jump into just yet because, as we have said, there are so many games. Uh, I still have to play Lies of P. Disney Dreamlight Valley <laughs> just launched its latest, you know, Halloween path update thing. There's a lot of stuff yeah. going on. There's new content in Paleo. Like, there's, there's just so much to do right now. So I haven't gotten around to it yet, but I absolutely plan to very, very soon. I think it's going to be super dope. I love that they... Uh, broke up this remake into two separate games mm. so that they can add more content, more stuff, more Final Fantasy goodness. I think it's going to be really, really dope. They actually did um, announce where the game is going to end off as well. Um, so there's a lot of information around the game as well. So yeah, guys, if you're a Final Fantasy fan, uh, definitely mm. would recommend checking that one out. I know a few people who are absolutely obsessed with Final Fantasy. One of my good friends, uh, his in-game name is Eris. So, ah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then when we used to play World of Warcraft together, he would name his characters after spells. So his healer monk was Kiraga. Very, very clever choice of names there for the... Uh, Freaking for... nerd. <laughs> Shame. Eris, when you're listening to this, uh, we apologize, but also I, uh, no. I, I I appreciate those names. Look, Final Fantasy VII is a game I remember. It was either three or four CDs back on the PlayStation 1. 
And I think it even took up like a fair chunk of those those eight megabytes saved uh, those memory disks, memory cards yeah, that yeah, you used yeah. to have. And you should take a fair. I almost re- think I remember that uh, the save files were done in like blocks as well. So it was like yes. there were eight blocks for eight. And I think the Final Fantasy still took up like two or three. It was like a fair chunk from, if I, if I can remember correctly, I speak under correction. But if you haven't had a chance to play uh, a really good RPG, you know, as of late, Final Fantasy VII, if you've never played it before, or if you have played it, what better way to go and sink more hours into more RPG games and just break away from this reality that we live in now and uh, by you're not playing Baldur's Gate 3, but playing Final Fantasy. <laughs> like most Final Fantasy fans that you talk to will say that 7 is the best game in the series. Mm. And I remember asking like at one point, because I've never actually played any of the Final Fantasy games, but I've played the, the MMO, which is actually quite a bit of fun. Uh, still prefer World of Warcraft, but Final Fantasy was good too. Um, and so I would I, like I went to my friends. And I was like, guys, which one should I start with? And everyone's like, seven. You you start with yeah. seven. Doesn't matter about the story, chronology, none of that. Seven. That's that's where. So I was like, all right, cool. I guess I'm getting seven. So thank you, Steam sale. <laughs> Steam, thanks you for spending money. Oh God. Hey, speaking of money, many of us have never been the biggest fans of Fortnite, but this recent news leaves an incredibly sour taste in the mouth. Epic Games settled allegations last December that it used deceptive tactics to drive users to make unwanted purchases, and the claims process has been opened for more than 37 million potentially affected users who qualify for compensation. Epic Games have agreed to pay a total of $520 million to settle the allegations. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot of money. So they agreed to pay $275 million to the U.S. government over claims that it violated, wait for it, Children's Online Privacy Protection Act by gathering personal information of kids under the age of 13 without parental consent. Additionally, to make the remainder of the $520 million, They've agreed to pay $245 million as refunds to consumers who were allegedly harmed by UI design choices that the FTC claimed were de- deceptive. I'm absolutely horrified and disgusted by this news. And of course, Epic have said in a statement that they never intended to end up here and they accepted the agreement because they, quote, want Epic to be at the forefront of consumer protection, end quote. But holy shit, bro, what the actual fuck? Bro, this stuff does not happen by accident. People spend hundreds of thousands going to learn marketing, marketing courses, marketing degrees. Like this is, you don't just stumble into this. You don't Mm. accidentally use deceptive marketing as a strategy. Like, I, I can't, man, I can't. The biggest thing out of all of this that 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 is probably the biggest thing that like irks me about this whole thing is that it was children, irrespective of age, doesn't even matter whether they're 13, 12, 11, doesn't matter. Getting their personal information is so scummy and not even disclosing it. You know what, Epic Games? That's a, you know what? I used to like you for those free games you used to offer us. Um. I'd after re- I'm probably not going to update the launch or go to it. It is horrendous. 
news hearing this. It's 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 disgusting. Mm. Yeah, and the I'm thing totally is turned that, off. and this is just one company that has has done this, and this is a news flash. There are others out there that have done this, and there are others that are probably still getting away with it. Mm-hmm. Parents, if there's something that we can suggest, like, and um, and I'm not even a parent, not yet or anything like that, but like if where you can. Check with your kids and the things that they and the games that they play. Those privacy, you know, the par, uh, the 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 terms of use and the privacy policies and things. They're not just there for the sake of being there for you to just scroll. I uh, down play. I uh, click. Yeah, fine. Yeah, I read it. Go and read the stuff. Mm. Some of the stuff that you might find in there is horrific. And you know what? If you don't want to play those games because of something that's in the privacy policy, it's perfectly fine. Just uninstall it get a refund but oh epic games this is this is one thing like if if i as an adult am like i didn't read the t's and c's oh i got screwed mm. over oh you know i'm an idiot consequences of my mm. actions mm-hmm. but when it comes to children there is a reason that children are not allowed legally to make certain mm-hmm. decisions in fact mm-hmm. children are not allowed to make any decisions let's face facts here they yeah. always have to get approval from a parent and if they do make that decision then there's more than likely going to be some sort of a consequence so there's a reason for that children don't know what they're doing they don't understand mm-hmm. and and this is what i love about my brother and his wife like they are so involved in everything that their kids do the the stuff that they're watching like my nephew is not allowed to watch youtube because there are like there are ways that some of these scummy accounts mm-hmm. get around the children's settings and stuff and there's so much horrific stuff on there and they've just said to him you may not watch youtube you can watch netflix on the on the kids profile and you can watch whatever on the kids profile but youtube is off the table unless they're like there to supervise it and i i love that so many parents are so uninvolved it's really important that parents take a a, a much more kind of and i get it like kids get angry they're like oh stay out of my life you're interfering so what like be a parent don't be a friend this from someone who is not a parent yet, but I am an <laughs> aunt, all right? So there, there is some, like, understanding mm. there, even if it is very slight. Yeah. So I want, I want to say I'm shocked, but honestly, the way that the world is and all the other news that comes out, sometimes it's just... Uh, it's draining. It's draining. It's draining. So speaking about FTC, you know, our great friends over there, uh, Game Rant may be aware of some... Amazing FTC leaks that came out in like the last couple of hours and and days. Some of the news, more remakes. (laughs) Documents have revealed Bethesda has plans for Fallout 3 and Oblivion in 2022 and 2024. These are what these documents say to give you an idea that they are a little bit old, right? Uh, But the current status of these is unknown as Bethesda focuses on the Elder Scrolls 6. And if it does ever come out at this point right now it is important to note that these documents are old right and they can't be treated as 100 percent accurate but if it is maybe the elder scrolls 6 will arrive at some stage who knows these documents shed some light on items like the switch 2 that was being shown behind closed doors with some executives uh, with some of them being uh, bethesda amongst some of these leaks include a planned starfield dlc because of course right and other games like the elder scrolls 6 fallout 3 remaster and dishonored 3 again 
just calm your emotions. This document is old AF, as the kids will say. But hey, maybe we'll see the Elder Scrolls six before we turn like 40 or something. I love that your biggest takeaway from this is just Elder Scrolls. Just Elder, every second word was Elder Scrolls. That's, that's all yeah. Andrew wants in life. I would just like to play an Elder Scrolls game, a new one, and not Skyrim very special iPad edition or ones that you can play on your smart fridge or you know, one of the other 19 remakes that they've tried to sell you and we have bought, right? We need to take a stand and say, no, we want the Elder Scrolls 6. Give us something new, right? And not just a, hey, so you want something, here's Skyrim. If you're... No, we don't want that. We want the Elder Scrolls 6. Look, Dishonored 3, yeah, it seems pretty cool. Um, but yeah, the, the article was by Game Rant, and uh, if you go onto their site and you actually go and have a look, there was a little table that they had drawn up uh, that kind of shows when some of these things were coming out from this document. Yeah, again, it's a bit old. Don't take it as a gospel, but who knows? I think the most realistic thing to come out of that leak was that Elder Scrolls is not to be expected before 2026. That's, that's probably the most uh, believable and possibly up-to-date leak so uh yeah just, just, uh, just a few more years andrew it breaks my heart <laughs> i will say and... what, what i did find interesting with the leaks was that there was also like some talk about acquiring nintendo and i find that so funny because these leaks came out in a court case where they're trying to justify acquiring blizzard <laughs> and the ftc are probably looking at this going bruh <laughs> Well, the, these these were documents that I believe they were also part of the you know this whole submission and everything. So, I think it's... they got tossed out though because it's like proprietary information. They were sent by accident, blah 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 blah. So you know it's not technically evidence, but you can't unread something like in the back of their minds. They're busy going, bruh. If the internet has taught us anything, you can't unsee things. <laughs> Truth. Hades two is entering early access in Q2 of 2024. And I know that this is really awesome news for a lot of people. There has been some serious hype and rave over the first Hades game. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure many listening are going to be really excited to find out that, uh, yeah, early access Q2. Uh, Supergiant claims that Hades 2 will release day one with at least as much content as the first game had when it launched in early access on Steam. At least as much content. So that is really exciting. Prior to the early access release, Hades 2 will have a technical test. Uh, this will include less content than early access and will be limited to a small number of players. And of course, more details will come when the build is closer to completion. So keep your eyes out for that. You might get lucky. Uh, Hades 2's early access plan will operate similarly to the first game. After early access launches, there will be a series of major updates that will add new content and refine the game based on player feedback. And this is kind of the norm these days. Uh, Baldur's Gate did it. Uh, Disney Dreamlight Valley is doing it. Paleo is doing it. Like a lot of different games are doing this thing where it's like, hey, this is a mm. phasmophobia, right? So it's like, here's kind of the game. We're still doing updates and stuff. Help us perfect this before we actually launch it. And for all intents and purposes, it is launched, but... It's a great way to be like, hey, guys, yeah, there's bugs and stuff. It's still early access, uh, which I don't hate. I actually think that's quite uh, quite clever. Mm. Uh, each update will expand the story with new characters and more scenes uh, with prior characters. These updates will culminate in the game's full release, which will also, of course, conclude the story. 
Supergiant released no firm details on a 1.0 release date yet, so sorry guys, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer. However, you can add Hades 2 to your wish list on Steam and on the store of the company who will no longer be named because they're really dodgy. Hades, I've got it. I've got it installed. I haven't been able to play it yet. It's one of those games that I have got set up that during December shutdown, and it'll be something that I'll be able to to actually sit down and and play. Hades is definitely one of those. It's definitely one of the most recent amazing roguelike games. I have watched streamers play it. I've watched YouTubers play it. I've watched friends play it uh, on Discord, uh, their streams, whatever. And it is a phenomenal game. It's the the lore and the story is so good. The the combat and the different fighting is so good. If Supergiant are going to do a a 2.0 of that, which is going to be Hades 2, and they listen to people, I can honestly say that this game is, you know, already calling it now is going to be a phenomenal game for the people that enjoy, you know, roguelikes at least. I don't know. I also don't mind the fact that they're going to be in early access for a while. Um, yeah. Um, I'm perfectly fine with that. It's, as long as people are honest and say, look, guys, we're going to be in early access for a while. You know, we just want to make sure that the, the full game release is going to go smoothly, everything. No problem at all. All right. Baldur's Gate 3 did it. You mentioned it. You know, in their disclaimer thing for early access, they said, listen, we're in early access, but you're going to be paying the full price for it. We're not going to, like, we're just going to upgrade your, your, your game. That's it. And people like probably didn't read it whatever the case because some people were upset with how long but like as long as as long as you're honest and say look it's early access it is what it is like you're just gonna have to deal with this you know give us feedback and we will help make the game better no problem just don't leave your game in early access for what it feels like eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen years but like Baldur's gate <laughs> i will say <laughs> that i'm pretty sure that when Baldur's gate first launched in early access it might have been cheaper I could be wrong because no, it was in it early access, was it not? Okay, I know no. some games. And are I think it really early in, access. I think in early access on Steam, it actually came out first in like twenty twenty. No, it was... surely not. I rem- oh, 20, 2020, Sorry, we're in twenty twenty three. Yeah, it was. It was three years in early access on Steam, but it was also in development for about another seven years or six years prior to that. It was about ten years from when it was the first development started to its release date. Um, that that it was in development and being worked on and everything. Um, so yeah, so I mean, yeah, was it in early access for a while? Three years, sure. I feel like other games have been on early access for a while or longer, like Escape from Tarkov. As <laughs> one. What? So Phasmophobia has also been in early access since 2020. When Phasma eventually launches, it will have been in early access for longer than Baldur's Gate. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That, so so I'm, I'm kind of in like two minds about it. Like, so on the one mm. hand, it's like, yeah, that's fine. Early access. Um, you're giving people the chance to play it, to report bugs, uh, to give feedback on things that you could potentially change. It's cool. But at the same time, I'm like, you have made a to pay for open beta, which is essentially a blank, like a, like a screen so that when things break, you can go, ha early access guys. <laughs> This is like this like defensive thing. Like, yeah, d- 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 don't worry about as, it, guys. Early access. As long as people are honest about it, I'm honestly not too worried about it. 
It does put a lot of pressure though, because if you're in early access for three years and the game launches and it's absolutely broken, people just go, what were you doing for three yeah. years? Yeah, exactly. So don't, don't do that. Don't do Fix that. your game. But uh, also, Hades 2 seems cool. So it's Comic-Con this weekend, Comic-Con Africa specifically. So if you're in the area of Joburg, and I'm just going to categorize that entire area as Joburg, and I know that some people are going to be like, no, it's not. There's a listen, it's Joburg. Listen. Joburg and Pretoria are the same place, and that place is called Gauteng. <laughs> oh man, you are going to tread on dangerous grounds there. But but yeah, Comic Con is happening. Samantha is going there and is going to look at all the cool things and spend money. She's going to say no, she's not, but she will definitely spend money. I'm going to spend we- money. She, she Bro, this is what I have before. a savings account for. Like, why do I have a savings account if not to go to Comic-Con? There you go. Exactly. So I'm expecting to for her to send pictures in her Discord or on WhatsApp and be like, bro, here's these Funkos that she found and uh, manga and all these other things. Sam, do you want to tell us all the cool things that you've at least identified for this weekend? Yeah, there's actually so much stuff. So um, fan of Pokemon? Yeah. Ash Ketchum's voice actor is going to be there. Uh, <gasps> she is going to be giving some talks on stage. There's like uh, photo ops and autographs and stuff. Uh, she's not the only one. Um, fans of the One Piece live action. Uh, yeah. Jakul Mihawk is a South African actor. Stephen John Ward. And he's going to be there. Oh, wow. um, fans of Doctor Who or um, Archer. Lord, what is his name in Doctor Who? Jack Harkness, Captain Jack Harkness, or yeah. uh, Malcolm Merlin. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. John Barrowman is also going to be at Comic-Con this year. Your yes. girl has bought a photo op and an autograph op, so I'm very excited uh, to meet him. <clears throat> For those that can't see, Sam has been grinning ear to ear the whole way that you were saying <laughs> this. <laughs> Bro, I'm, I'm so hyped. I'm so hyped. And that's just like like some of the famous people. There are so many other people. There's like two people that voice Rainbow Six operators that are going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's cosplayers from all around the world. There's YouTubers from all around the world. And of course, like, like you know, like Stephen John Ward, there are also a bunch of South African artists, uh, like comic book artists that are going to be there. Mm-hmm. Oh, some of the Marvel comic book artists are going to be there, like actual official Marvel comic book artists. Comic-Con Africa is like low-key a really good event. It's honestly right? banging. And, and I can tell you why, right? It, it, it's low-key one of the best events around, all right? Because the first one that happened, man, I think it was when, – when did the first one take place at the Kyalami Circuit? 2018. Yes, there we go. So 2018. That was when I met Ragnar. Yes, this is true because uh, because I was there at the time. Yes. Right? It was also, Comic-Con was also the time where I met my now wife. Really? I met, I no, met, it must have been a different Comic-Con. There's no way it was the same no, Comic-Con. I promise you, it was that Comic-Con that I oh, met my Oh, that's so wife. awkward. <laughs> Which, of course, none of the listeners will know why, but I know no. why. Yeah, you know why. But I, I met my now wife over there. Aw, gamer love. Yeah, Big, big nerds. We're all big nerds, right? 100%. And yeah, it's, you know, Comic-Con, um, I mean, with my relocation up to Joburg, it's going to be a little bit easier for me to go and attend those kind of events going forward. And I mean, it sucks that I'm missing out on this year, but 
I've got a whole bunch of other things that are on our plate this time. Mm -hmm. But we're going to live vicariously through Sam as she's over there with all the pictures and stuff. So, Sam, please go and take all the pictures. Mm -hmm. Tell us how how cool of an event it was um, so that when we have our next episode, she'll be able to give you all those juicy little deets. Everybody follow my Insta and my Twitter. Uh, There will be many pictures posted at Nari Mizuki. Off you go. I was going to say something, but just follow her ex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Follow my ex, guys. Go go follow my ex. So not creepy or stalkerish at all. <laughs> so anyway, Comic-Con. Oh, yeah, Comic-Con. It's, 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 it's this weekend. If you are in the Joburg, Gauteng area, go check it out. It's going to be a lot of fun, good food, a lot of cool, nerdy things. So, yeah. And I think VS are doing something as well. Yeah, so. that's super exciting. Also, um, Carrie First, the guys who brought the Valorant service to South Africa, yeah. they're also going to be there. There's going to be like Valorant tournaments. There's going to be a really cool Disney Plus. Um, so, so for those of you that are watching Disney Plus, for those of you that are like checking all the stuff there, there's a series on there called Only Murders in the Building. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's got like Steve Martin, uh, yeah. who I absolutely love, and uh, Selena Gomez, and this is the only guy who I don't really recognize. But anyway. yeah. And they are like true or they're like crime fans or murder mystery fans. And they get, Mm. um, they get like wrapped up in a, in a real life murder mystery. Uh, and so they like start, uh, looking into it and trying to solve the mystery. And anyway, point being, so Disney is running this special, uh, experience every day of Comic-Con, they will send out a clue and you have to try and solve this mystery and you could win. 10,000 rand. So, and the cool Ooh. thing is that you don't have to be at Comic-Con to participate. So if you go to the Comic-Con website and you, you'll you see there's like a banner that like, so when you go to the Comic-Con website, it'll show you like Comic-Con Cape Town, Comic-Con Africa. You go specifically to Africa and there'll be a big banner that has only murders in the building. You go there and you register and they'll SMS you the clues. And then That's you go. That's so cool. And when you solve the clue, you go onto the website and you put in whatever the answer is and then at the end of comic-con on the monday they're going to do a draw and yeah you could win ten thousand bucks t's and c's apply of course but i'm so excited man there's so much happening at (laughs) comic-con there's so much so if you are in the region go check it out and uh, it's bound to be an absolute blast all right we've got a whole bunch of special mentions as well because as much as this week has been very busy, there's been a lot of journal journalists writing a lot of articles. There's a, a lot. Plus, there was also the Nintendo Direct update that we did say we were going to give you guys some information on. So, starting from the top, Mortal Kombat 1 Early Reviews has it as one of the year's highest rated games. Which is crazy to me because it's like three hours of story content. Oh, yeah. It's wild. <laughs> Uh, Tales of Arise Beyond the Dawn DLC has been revealed, and it's coming this year. Tomb Raider 1, 2, and 3 remasters are coming to PC and console. Yes, that includes the Switch in 2024. League of Legends and Stardew Valley are having a baby, and it's called Bandletail, a comfy life sim focused around the Yordle people. I can't wait. Stardew Valley, good. League of Legends, good. So it should really, really be good. League of Legends, good, lol. (laughs) If you're concerned about the future of football games after FIFA ended its partnership with EA, fret not. 
EA, <laughs> I can't get over the name, EA Sports FC24, which I imagine stands for Football Club, but don't quote me on that. It's the same game with a brand new name, and it's on its way to us. <laughs> yeah, your guess is as good as mine, man. Football Club, probably. Football something. Probably. Football competition, I don't know. Football circus. <laughs> <laughs> Football is a bit of a circus. Um, for your Nintendo Direct update. Paper Mario, the Thousand Year Door HD remake, was announced for next year on Switch. Mario vs. Donkey Kong is also getting the remake treatment uh, with confirmed local co-op. F-099, a Battle Royale racing game, is out now exclusively for Nintendo Switch Online members. But of course it will be released for everyone at some point. Yeah, so if you're not a member of Nintendo Switch Online... It's incredibly cheap. It's probably the cheapest service out there. Get it and go definitely check it out. Princess Peach Showtime will be releasing in March with a focus, of course, on the Princess of the Mushroom Kingdom. I'm so glad Princess Peach is getting her own game. So good. Mm -hmm. Luigi's Mansion 2 HD Remaster will be out next summer or winter for us southerners. Splatoon 3's second wave DLC expansion side order will be available next spring or again autumn. Just switch them them seasons around. Mm -hmm. I struggle to get seasons out. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) We had another look at Prince of Persia, the Lost Crown. Uh, Prince of Persia was actually dormant for quite some time. So pretty exciting for fans of of the series. And this 2D platformer is slated to launch on January 18th. Effective Pikachu is out on October 6th and has just received a new trailer. Go check it out. Horizon Chase 2 is finally available on the Switch after being on PC and other consoles for a little over a year already. Another code recollection, a new compilation game has been announced featuring another code to memories, aka trace memory, and its sequel, another code R. This is particularly exciting as two memories were previously on Nintendo DS and its sequel never received a NA release. Both of these games will be available and enhanced for the Nintendo Switch on January 19th. Unicorn Overlord. I'm just I'm just loving the name. Uh, a new tactical RPG was also announced and given a release date of 8 March. The game was described as allowing players to cultivate an army with over 60 distinct characters and grow your renown throughout the Five Nations in this epic fantasy experience. The only thing I don't like is they use the word renown and that just gives me trauma <laughs> from the Diablo. <laughs> oh, Diablo, <laughs> even worse. And Diablo, both. It's just, oh. So hopefully it's none of that. The I Nintendo... love that it's like a Blizzard thing, you know? It is. <laughs> <sighs> Blizzard, you have scarred all of us. And last but not least from the Nintendo Direct uh, update, the Nintendo Gallery Museum, which will be located in Kyoto, Japan, will reportedly be completed by March next year. So if you're planning your next trip to Japan, maybe hold off until then so you can go check this out. It, that sounds really exciting to me. Like, just a, a big old museum with the history of Nintendo. It just sounds so cool. It's so weeby and nerdy. Do, 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 do. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be absolutely fun. I think I actually want to go to Japan just to go and check that out. It'll be such a big nerdgasm for us. <laughs> All right. And in this week's news or rant, nobody's going to care about, right? 
apparently some people do. All right. So Unity has apologized for something or other. I couldn't be bothered to care. Kidding. <laughs> I do know why they are apologizing. And it's honestly just as bad as Hasbro earlier this year. They have apologized for confusion and angst. The TLDR of the story is that Unity was wanting to make changes to their policy that meant you had to pay them for each download of games that were using the engine. So just to make sure that that's clear, they were wanting to change their policy so that developers that were using their system would have to pay them per download of their game that was used making using that system, right? Just let that sink in, all right? No, not just like a standard fee. It's like each download. And people are rightfully upset about this, right? We have heard you. We apologize for the confusion and angst the runtime policy we announced on Tuesday caused. We are listening, taking, talking to our team members, community, customers, and partners, and we'll be making changes to the policy. Problem, the problem, Unity, is that you're... Com <laughs> oh. Sorry, I, th this story actually makes me upset and really treat it. The problem, Unity, is that you've com you're completely not for what your name kind of implies, right? You've shown your hand and no one can trust that you won't go back on your word. Some game developers have already made plans to jump ship. Some have sadly just abandoned games on the engine, uh, you know, as well. Something about building a castle on sand or whatever. The point is, if you're developing something on Unity, my opinion would be, Use something else. What's so, up with companies just <laughs> trying to fuck people? But Andrew, capitalism, that's like your favorite thing. I'm all for people making money, but not in a sly way, you know? Go and make as much money as you want. I'm perfectly... It's just... And just so, to do it. And they, I know that they also like deleted their T's and C's or like the policy and everything at the time on GitHub. It was just, there was a whole bunch of things around this that just made people not happy about this. So I will say that, uh, so one thing there was, uh, yes, it's for downloads, but it's for unique downloads. So if somebody downloaded the game, deleted it and downloaded it again, you wouldn't have to pay a second time for the second download because it's not a unique download, right? So it was only, and it was also up to, there were like brackets for mm. how much money you had made or how many units you had sold in a certain time frame. Like there was, there was like a, a big structure thing in place. And so here we go. I'm going to, I'm going to go and I'm going to be devil's advocate, the person everybody hates, but it has to be said for these guys and for Wizards of the Coast. This is theirs. They made it. They built it. You are using it with their permission. So they have every right to say, we are now changing the field. And you have every right to say, okay, we'll stuff you. We're going to go somewhere else. That's fine. That's entirely within your rights. But they made it. It is literally their IP, which they are allowing you to use. So if they want to make money off of that, and if they want to change how they make money off of that, they're well within their rights to do that. The thing that, that really disappointed me, I found an article that said that Unity had to close their offices after what they called a credible death threat. They had to send all of their staff home because they genuinely thought that someone was going to make an attack on their offices. That is disgusting, people. Like, I yeah. get it. You're upset. Don't go and threaten people's lives. Just go somewhere else. 
I cannot believe that the response we have to this is not, you know what, you do you, boo-boo, it's your project, I'm going to go somewhere else. And I've actually seen, I can't remember who it was, unfortunately, I didn't save the tweet, but there was somebody, a game dev, an engine dev, somebody, that donated money to, I think it was another engine or to a bunch of developers or whatever, a, a large sum of money to kind of compensate for this Unity catastrophe. So there are people that are backing creators and that are saying, look, we're, we're going to help you through this. You want to change engines. You want to go somewhere else. That's dope. So there is really no reason to start threatening people's lives. Yeah. Like, like, just take a step back. If you're not happy mm. with something, don't use it. They will very quickly realize their mistake. Hasbro realized their mistake. They quickly hit the brakes and did a 180. And clearly Unity are doing the same. Yeah. It's just... Yeah. It, it, it's the way the way that they did it and some of the other terminology and when the people were asking like well how are you going to track these unique downloads and then they start talking about like the algorithms and things that they have got set up in order to do this and they'll work hand in hand it's just like okay so you could maybe just thumb suck a number and i gotta trust you on what it is and start mm -hmm. throwing if you think about the number of downloads right I know that I think the unique download thing they brought in late uh, uh, as a an edit a little bit later on because at first it was just download. So people would say, so if somebody hated a studio, they could install, download, install, download. You know, like uninstall, install, uninstall, install, and do that, and that would register as things. And they were like, yeah, oh, no, but it, it won't happen. It's just the fact that it could potentially still happen, and they were like, yeah, so this is just what it is. It just didn't sit 100% right with, with some people. But you know what? As you said, it's it's their engine. You use it, you don't use it, right? If you're going to use it, you're going to have to play by their rules. It is part of the policies and things. I just think that if you're going to make money, and by all means, go and make as much money as you want. Do it without trying to screw people over, like just on the sly, you know? Yeah, it was like we were chatting. I was chatting to our mutual friend, Sean, and we agreed. Like, you know, somebody owns something, they have every right to determine the usage of it. The problem was the methodology that mm. both Unity and Hasbro used in order to increase their revenue it was a little bit scummy. Yeah. yeah. So, game devs, all these people, go and make money. Go and absolutely kill your, your revenues and things, you know, go and kill the uh, the records that you have with sales and profits and things and make your shareholders and investors happy but at least tell people you're doing exactly that don't don't fuck up the method you know what i mean exactly. so before we round off the podcast because i know we're almost there this just in Oh, is this one of these? So, is this one of these like breaking news? Literally ten minutes in. ago, as of the time of recording, obviously because I can't see two days into the future. But Counter Strike Twitter account tweeted, "What are you doing next Wednesday?" I don't know if this is bait, <laughs> but it could be CS two. All right, everybody, just just don't panic. It could be CS2. Look, to be fair, whoever controls that Twitter, that, 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 that account, their social media, they are top tier trolls. Honestly. They really are. So, you know what? I'm going to take it as a pinch of salt. I, if, if it is CS2, fantastic. If it's not, 
you're not uh, uh, I'm I'm calling your bluff now, Counter Strike. <laughs> I'm calling your bluff right now. But I suppose we're probably going to have to wait until about this time next week of like recording to find out. And if it is, well, then you'll, everybody will know. And if not, well, it is. <laughs> so, yeah, I actually like that. We need to get a little sound bit for the, like, you know, make it sound like a whole the new breaking thing. news. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> that about wraps up our news in gaming this week. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 22 of your week in gaming. You can find us on X at YWIG Podcasting by email at yourweekinggamingpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on the YouTubes, the TikToks, and most other places, I'm assuming, at this point in time. That's just like Sam was has been really busy making sure it's everywhere for you. <laughs> I am Andrew, and you can find me on X at my name is Pengu. Uh, I'm Sam. You can find me on social media at Nari Mizuki. You all get it right one day. <laughs> Our next episode will not be next week, but on Friday, the 6th of October, 2023, at 7am GMT plus 2, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.